This is Jacqueline Lowe from Grace That Reigns Society. As you know, our ministry helps our priests and people of God to draw closer to Him through our renewing of wonder for His grace in our lives. I had the pleasure of having been invited by Rachel Wong in the summer of 2019 to share my story of Grace That Reigns on her new podcast entitled The Feminine Genius. As we became friends, I wanted to know more about her spiritual journey and return the favor by inviting her to speak with us. Rachel founded The Feminine Genius in July of 2019. Her purpose was to use her podcast platform to bring together a diverse group of women that reflected the different gifts women bring to the kingdom of God. With this, I asked her two questions, and they were as follows. When did you realize that you really began to fall in love with Jesus? And two, for our listeners, tell me more about the feminine genius. So without further ado, this is Rachel Wong. When did I first realize that I love Jesus? That is a really excellent question. And it really brings me back to my own personal conversion story, which happened in the fall of 2016. So every year, Catholic Christian Outreach, which is a university student movement across Canada that is devoted to proclaiming and sharing the gospel to university students, holds a conference called Rise Up. And it happens every year over the days leading up to New Year's Eve. There is a very big New Year's Eve celebration and we ring in the New Year together. And it invites young people from all over Canada to come and not only ring in the New Year with their peers, but also celebrate God's love. So this was the very first time that I'd gone to this conference and this was back in 2016. As a bit of backstory, my fall semester for 2016 was very difficult for me. I was a student at Simon Fraser University and there were a lot of different things going on in terms of school and where I thought I was going and things weren't really lining up and it led to a lot of anxiety and stress and depression and I didn't feel like my life had very much purpose. I understand it must have been tough. And on top of that, even though I was going to mass every week with my family, it really felt like an obligation or a chore. I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus, and I wasn't sure if he really loved me. So because of this uncertainty, I definitely didn't love him, and I wasn't even sure if a personal relationship was something that I truly desired. Earlier that year, I had decided on a whim to go to this conference, to go to Rise Up, because one of the campus missionaries had invited me. And as it got closer, I had this overwhelming sense of anxiety because I realized that even though it was in my hometown, I was going to this conference and I had no friends that were in Catholic Christian Outreach. And also I was worried that a lot of it would revolve around people who knew God intimately and had a personal relationship with him, something that I certainly did not have. And I was worried that people would really see through me. They would see me as a person who said that they were Catholic, but honestly had no true relationship and had no idea what she was talking about. So I was worried of being a fake and it made me really worried. I was starting to think of ways to potentially back out of the conference and just not go. And to add insult to injury, 
over Christmas break, I had gotten very, very sick and essentially slept through most of the Christmas celebrations that my family and friends had. I felt really alone and in between those moments of being totally groggy and sleeping continuously, I felt a lot of despair. In the midst of all this, I saw this as a sign that maybe this was time for me to end my own life. Because throughout the semester, I definitely felt moments like this where I felt super hopeless and that there was no point for me to continue living my life. But despite the convictions that I held in my heart that it was time for me to go, there was also something that I can only describe as like a force that was holding me back. And I couldn't put my finger on it at the time, but something was holding me back and telling me to wait and pause. So I ended up going to this conference and the first couple hours of me being at Rise Up, it was exactly what I thought and I feared it was going to be. I knew absolutely no one and everybody was talking about Jesus and church and sacraments and the beauty of having a relationship with him. So all these things that I really could not relate to. That's understandable. And when did you feel Jesus finally nudging you? There were little ways that Jesus was extending his hand out to me and it was through the kindness of these strangers that now I call friends there were people that really welcomed me into conversations and really took the time to get to know me get to know my story which at that time was still unfolding and they helped me to understand things that I didn't really understand for myself yeah that can definitely help a lot especially when it came to understanding who Jesus is. And it is through these little ways that I saw his love unfold for me, and it led up to this massive outpouring of his love through the Blessed Sacrament. And that was when I truly encountered Jesus for the first time face to face. And interestingly enough, the theme of that year's Rise Up Conference comes from Isaiah chapter 43, I have called you by name. And for the longest time, I felt like I wasn't seen by Jesus at all. I was just another person on this huge planet. He had so many children, so I've been told. So how could he possibly see me and see my pain and see my suffering and understand what it is that I'm going through? But in that moment, during adoration, looking at the Blessed Sacrament and just seeing how the light was hitting the monstrance and just letting it shine in all its brilliance and beauty. It was something so simple, and yet I felt Jesus speak volumes to me. I could hear him say my name, and I can hear him say that I know who you are. I love you still. I love you despite all of the weaknesses, all of the trials, all of the sins that you may have committed. And it was in that moment where enveloped in that feeling of love and feeling desired as a woman in front of our Lord, that was the moment when I decided to give my yes to Jesus and to put him at the center of my life, as opposed to pushing him to the fringes and not including him or inviting him into places that I definitely did not want him to be a part of. Despite the fact that there were so many people around me, I felt like it was just him and I. Wow, that must have been a very powerful moment. 
He was present beyond the bounds of the monstrance. He was everywhere at once, and he certainly was beside me. And even as I talk about it, I can feel that emotion and that rush come back into my chest and my heart, and I know that he is with me here as I share this. Even in my greatest weakness and suffering, he was there for me. And my eyes were opened to the truth of his love and the fact that all of the demons that had tormented me over many, many years, they were just that. Like Jesus exposed all of the lies. They were just demons and they would have no more power over me. That entire session of Eucharistic adoration was really something that I had never experienced before in my life. It was this huge awakening of my senses and an opening of my heart to let him in in ways that I never knew that I was capable of doing. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It occurred to me in that moment as we finished Eucharistic adoration that he was the one that was holding me back. And can you further explain that to our listeners? A couple days earlier, when I was looking to end my life, he was the one that was preventing me, and he was the one that was beside me at all moments, willing me not to give in to the devil. Because the devil is the one who brings lies and brings about chaos in our lives. But with Jesus, it was perfect peace. And that's exactly what I felt. It was perfect peace. That even though there were so many things that I thought were going wrong in my life, He reassured me that he saw me and that I was exactly where I was supposed to be. So in that moment, you realized that Jesus was there for you. I really know that Jesus was present in that moment because previous to this, I had a lot of physical ailments and physical symptoms. I had a lot of really severe headaches, a lot of shaking in my hands and my fingers and just... I would constantly have all of these physical manifestations that came about from my panic and from my anxiety. And what I noticed within the first couple months following Rise Up was that a lot of it was gone. I was freed from all of these chains and shackles that the devil had kept me in for so long. And suddenly it was a whole new world where I was fearless and I knew that I was a beloved daughter of God and that nothing could hold me back. And it's not to say that even to this day now that I don't have moments of anxiety or worry or frustration, but I'm confident that Jesus is always with me. He was before me and behind me. He constantly blesses my path and I don't need to worry anymore. I can just look forward and believe that he is there. And to know that is such a beautiful thing. Thank you for sharing that with us, Rachel. That was a wonderful testimony. And now my next question then is, now how did you start the Feminine Genius Podcast? In terms of starting the Feminine Genius Podcast, this was a project that I had for a very long time in my heart But I didn't realize that it was this project until God really spelled it out for me. I have a bit of background in radio and audio production. I had hosted a music show with Vancouver Co-op Radio for just over two years. And I also had the privilege of doing a CBC radio internship. So I was working on the early edition here in Vancouver. 
I kind of thought all throughout that I would love to host a podcast. Uh huh. Yeah, I see. So it was in Panama, and I went with Catholic Christian Outreach on a mission there. And my prayer going into World Youth Day and going on this mission was to really seek out what it was that God wanted me to do for the rest of my life. I wanted to know what my vocation was, whether it was to continue on this track of pursuing marriage and getting married and starting a family, or if it was to pursue religious life and to give my life totally to him as a consecrated religious sister. When I was there, in all the moments that I was praying, there would be these interesting things that would fly through my mind. Okay, and, and what does that mean for you? Music or different people would come into my head. They were usually all women, and I just had these thoughts like, oh, like I wonder how this person is doing. Or I wonder what this person's story is. Like, I don't know them very well. So all of these really random things. And every time I would kind of like shake my head, I would try and get out of it. And I would apologize to the Lord. I would be like, Lord, I'm so sorry that I'm so distracted in my prayer. It won't happen again. As time went on while I was at World Youth Day, it certainly did happen over and over and over again. And I was really frustrated. And I'm sure that Jesus was frustrated with me too. He's like, why can't you focus on your vocation? Why aren't wh why are you thinking of all of these other things that are totally unrelated? That is worthy of discerning, isn't it? But little did I know that they actually were something. It was totally related. I just didn't see it. And fast forward a couple months, I was in Ottawa at the time visiting a few friends that I'd met on mission actually, and we were visiting a adoration chapel and it is connected to the parish that one of my friends goes to that I felt that nudge again I felt all of these memories coming back from when I was in Panama and praying and I could hear all these distractions coming back and I started to have this dialogue with the Lord I was like what is going on? Why are all of these things coming up? And why am I so distracted? And in that moment, I could hear the Lord very clearly. He said to me, he asked me, well, what if this isn't a distraction? What if I'm actually asking you to interview these people? And we started to have this back and forth. And I was really confused. I was asking him, like, what do you mean? Like start a podcast? You know, I can only imagine what it would have been like if he was sitting and we were looking at each other face to face. He would just shrug and, you know, and then I started to throw all of the the worries that I had that I mentioned earlier. I had no time. I had no money. I had no resources. And even to begin with, what was I going to name this podcast? And very clearly, again, the Lord said, you already know. Yeah, I, I know. I, I love the certainty in, in which the Lord speaks. It kind of dawned on me right in that moment where I was like, okay, hold on. I think, I think maybe I do know. And when I left that chapel, we went back to my friend's place and I quickly did a Google search on the feminine genius, which was a term that I had come to know through listening to the Abiding Together podcast hosted by Heather Kim, Michelle Benzinger, and Sister Miriam James. 
It was actually a Pope John Paul II, the Pope John Paul II thing that he had coined in his letter to women, which was written in 1995, so over 20 years ago. And I was moved by how Pope John Paul II really articulated something that had been stirring in my heart for so long, that women have this inherent dignity and beauty that is super unique from what men have to offer. God's kingdom as a whole can only work if men and women work together and we embrace the differences that we have that is inherent in JP2's teachings on theology of the body. And all of these things started to kind of cascade for me. And it was a huge epiphany that, now hold on, maybe, maybe this podcast is not just a way for me to tell stories, which is something that I love to do, but it can be so much bigger than that. It can be an opportunity for me to tell the stories of women and show that there are so many different ways to be a Catholic woman, something that I think is really misunderstood in our context and our society today, not just among secular communities, but also among the Catholic community. What does it mean to be a Catholic woman? Because certainly when I was growing up, I thought that it meant being a housewife, continually praying your rosaries while you were cooking dinner for your husband and family. You know, all of these very stereotypical domestic tropes And in the secular world, we talk about how femininity and womanhood, you can do so many different things with womanhood. Like if you are into science or if you're into sports or anything that is traditionally, and I use that in air quotes, like traditionally masculine or male, you can do it too. But I think the beautiful thing that Pope John Paul II writes in the letter to women is that, yes, it's like, you know, we can be those things, but The beauty and the specificity of women is something that should be embraced and it shouldn't be disregarded. We shouldn't, as women, we should not dismiss it and we shouldn't subdue it and press it down. Because if we do not embrace this womanhood, this gift of womanhood that our God has entrusted us with, it is not only a disservice to ourselves, but it is also a disservice to the entire world. A valid point of illumination, Rachel? If we desire to be co-creators with him in salvation history, the least we can do is to really come to experience and share in the fullness of these talents that he's given us and not be ashamed to share them and not be embarrassed by them. And ultimately, I think that that's what the feminine genius means to me. And it's so funny because at the end of every episode, I always ask women, what they think the feminine genius means to them. And it's been so rewarding and eye-opening to be in the same room with them as I ask that question, as they work through it themselves and realize that, yes, they too are examples of the feminine genius and that there is no right way to do it. The fact that we've been given these gifts and talents, it makes us unique and it makes us special. And That's what the feminine genius is, is that everybody has a genius. With your new platform, what do you hope listeners will discover in their own lives? I really hope that you, dear listener, are inspired to really discover what it is that God has given you in your life. What is the mission that he has put on your heart? What are the things that 
are stirred up inside of you? What are the things that get you excited? And I encourage you to follow that thread because you never know where it's going to lead. Definitely, you have been inspired and your sense of wonder has been renewed for Jesus Christ. I'm speaking to Rachel Wong from The Feminine Genius. Rachel, do you have any last words for any of our listeners? I had that first stirring in my heart, that first distraction, or so I thought it was a distraction, and where it's led me to now, um, having released so many episodes and it's just the beginning and I'm very excited for what comes next and I'm also very excited for what comes next for you so I encourage you to continue praying and and pray to God pray to the Holy Spirit to ask them to illuminate for you what it is that they have blessed you with what are the gifts of the Spirit that are in your heart that make you you I just pray that whatever it is that in the words of Pope John Paul II, that you aren't afraid, be not afraid, and embrace it with open arms. And it's easier said than done. I know. I've been there and I've been like, no, I've got no money. I have no idea what I'm going to do with the podcast. But he really took care of everything. I didn't even have to lift a finger. He just made it work. And now here we are. So don't be afraid. He knows the struggles. He knows what are the things that are holding you back, but he also knows your deepest desires. And if they are good, he will make it work for you. He will put everything in place for you to the point where you don't even have to do anything. And with that, I lift my hands in praise and just absolute excitement for this podcast that Grace That Reigns is doing. And I am incredibly honored to be a small part of it so many thanks and thanks for listening thank you rachel wong for sharing your spiritual journey and love story with jesus i enjoyed this conversation with you so much and i'm sure our listeners did too i wish you all the best as you continue forth with your own podcast called the feminine genius i can't wait to find out more about your story in the future so you're listening to a Grace That Reigns podcast called Renewing Your Sense of Wonder. Please visit our page at www.gracethatreigns.com. And please also visit our hosts page at www.femininegeniuspodcast.com. So this is Jacqueline Lowe again, signing out at Grace That Reigns. May the Lord keep you strong. <laughs>